Xtox connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This Life Science Focus podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to keep you up to date. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Xtox Life Science Podcast. My name is Vera Kubacevic, Managing Editor at Xtalks.com, and this week I'm joined by two very special guests. So with us today, we have Peter Chu, who is the chairman of Cytomed Therapeutics, and we also have Dr. Tan, Dr. Wee Kiat Tan, who is the Chief Operating Officer at Cytomed Therapeutics. And just to tell you a little bit more background information, Cytomed Therapeutics was incorporated in 2018. It is a spin-off from Singapore's Agency for Science, Technology, and Research. It's focused on engineering more affordable cellular cancer therapies to identify and attack a multitude of solid and hematological cancers. Thank you very much, Peter Chu and Dr. Tan for being with us today. Right, thank you for having us. Yeah, so I wanted to start off by asking, what are the existing clinical obstacles when applying the CAR-T approach to therapies for solid tumors? Right. So one of the key thing is the lack of good targets that could separate very well between healthy and cancerous cells. So there are not many ideal targets. So if the target that is present on the cells are being shared by cancerous and healthy tissue, what happens is that the CAR-T cell will just recognize and target, you know, and kill off any cells that has existing target and that would lead to unwanted side effects. So one key challenge is to select good targets. And right now, there are, because of the lack of these targets, not many solid tumors could be targeted by current existing CAR-T technologies out there. Yeah, that's great. And another thing, question I had was, what are the commercial hurdles when applying the CAR-T approach to therapies for solid tumors? Right, there are a few hurdles. One of it uh, for current CAR-T uh, technology would be the logistic and the costs involved, you know, and the process of manufacturing, including the use of virus to graft the car, would increase the manufacturing costs of uh, this therapies. So uh, that would be one. The second approach would be a regulatory uh, hurdle because right now uh, there are CAR-Ts that are approved for hematological malignancies but not so much for solid tumors. So you will also need to uh, work very closely together with the regulators for them for clinical development you know, an approval of for CAR T for solid tumors. I I would like to add on to what Dr. Tan said. I think a lot of it is due to the uh, unfamiliarity of uh, cell therapies uh, to many clinicians out there. I I'm I'm quite confident to say that many many of the clinicians, the doctors out there now practicing, 
they are not exposed to uh, cellular therapies. It's a new science anyway. You know, it's, it's relatively new, cell therapies. And uh, many of the clinicians, uh, probably they have not uh, studied molecular medicine. Right? It's a completely new space. Right? Our body, basically just 50 trillion cells talking to each other. So I think many of the universities, uh, unless you go on to do a PhD, right, this is molecular medicine, entirely new from what the, uh, the MDs and the MBBS they have gone through, you know, doctors when you go for universities. I don't think they have studied uh, uh, enough of a cellular approach to medicine. It's a new science. So this unfamiliar, unfamiliarity, uh, you know, creates uh, hurdles. Yeah, and I think there's currently only around, um, we can definitely count them out, the number of cell therapies that the FDA approved for cancer. So it's... Yeah, it's I think the FDA much. only approved about uh, seven, as far as I know, seven, and they are all for liquid, liquid cancers. Everybody now is trying to adopt the success from the liquid uh, CAR-T to apply it to the solid tumor. All the scientists are all trying to do now. Yeah, and so let's talk a little bit more then about Cytomed Therapeutics specifically and how Cytomed is aiming to engineer more affordable cellular cancer therapies. Well, I think the, uh, the easy answer to this question is uh, really the cost infrastructure, right? And that's why cell therapy, besides being new, uh, it is expensive, right? Because uh, it is not been uh, pushed up enough yet. So I think the, the starting point must be the, the cost infrastructure of where you manufacture it. Right? So if you match, you know, for us, we manufacture in Southeast Asia, where our cost is uh, uh, very much lower than in the West. Right? So our mission actually is really cut up for us. We want to try to produce very affordable uh, CAR-T and cell therapies. So just simply taking advantage of our much lower cost infrastructure in Southeast Asia. So you mentioned, um, is it like only Singapore or other countries as well where they're aiming? Well, we're based in Singapore and Malaysia, yeah. right? Uh, and uh, particularly in Malaysia, uh, costs are relatively low, right? And actually Malaysia is also promoting medical tourism. Right. So, uh, this fits in very well, right? uh, because a typical CAR-T treatment in the West is uh, several hundred thousand dollars. I mean, very few can afford such a, such a several hundred thousand US dollar price. So, we are trying to make it uh, much more affordable. Yeah, even with insurance, insurance may not cover the full cost of administering. Nope. There's the cost of the therapy, and then there's the cost of administering the therapy, and then the hospital stays and all that. So not yeah. everything is always covered by insurance, unfortunately. And so I saw that Cytomed Therapeutics uh, mentions a lot about off-the-shelf cell-based cancer immunotherapies. What are the advantages of such therapies? Right, so there are a few advantages of uh, off-the-shelf cell-based immunotherapy. But before I jump into the advantages, Maybe just let me elaborate a little bit on what is off the shelf. Current uh, CAR-T and other cell therapy typically source the cells 
from the patient themselves, you know, and the technical term for this is autologous, meaning that uh, the source is from the patient and it could only be infused back into the same individual. And this is a very personalized therapy. For off-the-shelf therapy or what we call allogenic therapies, the source of the cells could be sourced from a healthy donor that is completely unrelated to the patient. And then after the therapy has been made, it could be infused into the patient. So using this model, this also means that you can take cells from one single healthy donor, manufacture and expand it, and put it into many different patients. So what it means is that the technology and the product now has become very scalable. You can produce multiple dosage. And because of this scalability, one advantage is that potentially when you have economy of scale, you lower cost, making it much more affordable on top of the cost infrastructure that uh, Peter has mentioned. There's one. Two, sourcing your source of cells from healthy donor means that your starting quality, starting material is of much higher quality as compared to sourcing it from a patient who is likely to be very heavily pretreated and so the immune the quality of the immune cells will be impacted by the pretreatment. But if you take it from a healthy donor, you start off with high quality material, it will enable you to produce a high quality product which would be more efficacious uh, in targeting the cancer later on. And another thing would be the speed of getting the therapy. For again for autologous you will need to you can only obtain the manufacturing the starting material from the patient and then start the manufacturing process so there's a much longer waiting time whereas for allogenic therapy so off the shelf therapy you will start the moment the patient need the therapy or therapies could be made beforehand so that when they need the therapy they just walk in the hospital you pop it off the shelf Right and get it to the and the patient can get treated very quickly. So these are the advantages of off-the-shelf uh, cell-based cancer immunotherapies. Great, and so currently in Cytomed, Cytomed's pipeline, I saw that there are three projects that the company is working on, and just wondering, can we get a little bit more information about those three projects in the pipeline for Cytomed? Um, like what kind of cellular therapies are they and for which indications? Well, uh, all three of uh, our assets are all what we call allogenic, which means it is derived from healthy donor. So we don't uh, touch the, the patient, right, uh, who might not be in the best of uh, genetic health. So we only use young healthy donor right from there we make the car t cells right basically we use a special type of cells called the gamma delta t cells which will not be rejected by the body so we derive the blood from the young healthy donor and reprogram it to become this particular cell called gamma delta t cells uh, and we then craft a chimeric antigen receptor. So that is our first product called CARD Gamma Delta T. This has been approved for trial, phase one clinical trial in Singapore by the authorities in Singapore. So that will go 
on trial hopefully in the second half of this year right first patient in now the other one is simply the gamma delta t cells unmodified meaning with no car right unmodified gamma delta t cells from young healthy donor right? again it's allogenic right that means not the patient's uh, body is derived so that's the second product just unmodified gamma delta t cells without adding the chimeric antigen receptor which can identify uh, uh, both solid and liquid cancer it's a special car right? now this one we have not uh, submitted for a trial yet we are still working uh, to submit the trial uh, now this both of these the first car t1 and the second one unmodified gamma delta t cells are uh, clinical ready that means uh, you know it, it is it's got all the uh, gmp clinical grade protocols right ready can be admitted the third one is something which i'm very excited about and this is the gamma delta is a, is a hybrid of the gamma delta t cells right fusing it with the uh, nk cells and this is derived from what we call induced pluripotent stem cell right it is a stem cells derived hybrid we reprogram the stem cells to become this hybrid synthetic combination if you want to use this word merger or fusion of your body's two natural uh, immunity cells right which is the nk cells the natural killer and the t cells right we fuse them together to become this synthetic hybrid and you can only do it from reprogramming from the ipsc which is a, a, a induced pluripotent stem cell which is artificial embryonic stem cells which was uh, invented by a japanese uh, professor so we have got a patent for this uh, hybrid so in our laboratory we can see pretty good cancer killing effect from this hybrid synthetic of your two natural body immune cells so we see pretty good in, in fact you can check out our website out the videos we have put it on our website so we are very excited by this because of the cytotoxicity it kills the cancer cells quickly so these are our three uh, 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 projects right and the first one which is the car t1 right uh, is going for for clinical trial already phase one mm. This would take up to two years. Yeah, so you anticipate the phase one will take up to two years. The phase yes. one investigations. Oh, well, okay. of course, uh, we okay. would try to accelerate it because a lot of uh, patients are, you know, waiting. Yeah. And so from like, how long did the preparations to launch the phase one clinical study take? Because I imagine a lot of like, uh, audits must have happened and you had to have regulatory approval so how long from securing the candidate to you know probably starting the first human dose how long does that take approximately i would say the whole project from you know uh designing the trial protocol even uh even getting the uh, the, the cells right that's many many years of work you know many years right and if you're asking me uh from the date of submission i mean you could do a lot of animal study preclinical data to show that it's saved right? so i would think i like to think that it takes at least uh, uh, we can correct me if i'm wrong about uh 
preparing the submission to now maybe about three years. Yep. Yes. Three years just, to, just to get the, just to submit, you know, and then you got to uh, discuss, you know. Yeah, takes takes uh, a few years yeah. of effort. Yeah. And are you currently recruiting for your phase one clinical trial or um, is it on clinicaltrials.gov yet? Yes, it is on clinical trials already. Clinical.gov, yes, it is there, right? Uh, so uh, the trial is now recruiting uh, very, very shortly, right? Very, very shortly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We just actually just got it approved only this year. Okay, yeah, yeah well, that yeah, was a few months ago. A few months ago. Oh, yes. Yeah, well, that was just, Yeah, just, just to add on, uh, yeah, the trial details is on clinicaltrial.gov. You can just search uh, Cytomed and the short, the abbreviated name for the trial is Angelica, the name. So just type Angelica Cytomed, you should be able to hit it on clinicaltrial.gov. Oh, wow. That's quite an accomplishment for the company. So congratulations for that. Thank and, you. Yes, we are excited. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great achievement to start your first phase one clinical trial. And, and it's first in human, by the way, yeah, uh, Dr. Vera, it's first in human. Yes, first in human, yes, ever for the company. That's a great achievement. And I'm um, just curious, where will the cellular therapies be manufactured for this clinical trial? Well, we have, uh, we have a, a GMP lab, which stands for Good Manufacturing Practice Laboratory, just across the border. In Malaysia, right? and and uh, as I said earlier, Malaysia is uh, lower cost, much lower cost. So that's why we are, you know, our mission is to manufacture lower cost, right? Cell therapy. Cell therapies are actually not really for the masses at this point in time, right? Uh, so it is manufactured, uh, but it is according to peak standard, right? Uh, you know, in pharmaceutical industry, common standard and something like that. It is uh, built, and we follow the. Uh, what you call PICS, P-I-C-S standard. So, uh, you know, we can uh, use it in, 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 in health, health regulation that uh, allows it. Great. And so the way that I came across Cytomed Therapeutics is that I saw the company got, um, they launched their initial public offering. So Cytomed, you, you got your IPO. So that was, that was, really really uh, great news so i'm assuming the ipo came because uh you all have you know a candidate drug that you are now launching a first clinical trial for and so um yeah this year there's only like a handful of biotech companies in the world that got an ipo so congratulations on that and just curious what was the process of getting an ipo like well uh, thank you for your uh, greetings <laughs> Congratulations, measures. But I, let me let me say that uh, you know it has it is actually biotech winter going on. Well, not only biotech winter. I guess the IPO market is uh, really uh, difficult. It has been so because uh, of the uh, interest rate situation. You know where you can get five percent risk free. So launching an IPO this year has been, or even now, you know, it's going to be has very uh, difficult. However, you would need uh, investors who believe in what you're doing, right? believe in the science. And there's also a uh, charity sort of uh, feeling that, hey, this company is doing something that is, uh, you know, make a difference. And I think that is how we, we, we got it off the ground. 
ours is a very small IPO because the market is terrible, right? And uh, in fact, if you ask me, I'm honest to tell you that uh, we are below IPO price, right? So uh, we, you know, we are trying to uh, rush with the trial results and trying to uh, become from preclinical to clinical stage, right? So uh, it has been difficult also because we are preclinical stage, right? So we are now uh, working hard to uh, get us to the uh, clinical stage where then uh, you will be noticed by the market. Right, so we will be seen less as a speculative stock, but the process itself, the in terms of the submission, the uh, approval by the uh, Nasdaq and SEC, that is, uh, I would like to think that it is not as difficult as uh, trying to convince investors that hey, your science is real, you know, and uh, please buy my stock. So, so I think the distribution, the marketing of the IPO is, uh, has been uh, difficult in today's uh, IPO environment. And you're right, only a handful uh, went through. Yeah, it, it it not a lot so far this year, but you know, we'll keep watching, Xtox will keep watching and we'll see if there's other, other biotech IPOs going through. And just a final question from me, how do you anticipate that the IPO will help the company in its mission of developing off-the-shelf cell-based cancer immunotherapies? Well, obviously, although we only raise a very modest sum of money, right, uh, below 10 million, which is micro, right, micro cap, uh, that sum of money is very, is going to be extremely relevant for us to bring us to you know, complete the phase one, right? And hopefully we will move into the start of phase two or the middle of phase two, right? So, and, and this is only possible with such a modest sum of money. This is only possible because we are based in Southeast Asia, right? Where the costs are so much lower to manufacture, right? To get things done, to buy your consumables, right? To, to, to pay rental, you know, salaries, right? So although... We raise a modest sum of money, right? The IPO has been extremely relevant, useful, beneficial for us, you know, in that sense, you know, to at least remove into phase one, well into phase one. Yeah, so just one more curious question, like what is the biotech industry in Singapore like compared to maybe, you know, the States? I know the States obviously has a lot bigger market and much more companies but how is the biotech industry in singapore right now well uh, singapore uh, has been actually very it's a very innovative uh, you know progressive forward-looking uh, country right singapore invested in a huge uh, biopolist which actually looks at all the advanced technology from ai you know computing to biotechs I think it's been like 20 years, more than 20 years that uh, they set up this agency called A-Star, which is the National Research Agency. And that's why we are spun out of that. This technology is spun out of that. It stands for Agency for Science Technology Research. Uh, it is has employed, I think, uh, 2,000 you know, scientists. So it's a lot of, uh, it's a huge complex called Biopolis in Singapore. So the government is very keen to push the frontiers of medicine and, and all industry, actually. Right? So the biotech industry 
although relatively small compared to you know the West, right? Boston, Silicon Valley, I think it is growing, right? It is growing, uh, and I think the 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 authorities here have also looked at cell therapies, biotech, certainly as uh, one of the sectors. In fact, many countries are also promoting biotech now, actually, including China. So I think it is in uh, uh, it has got a pretty good ecosystem, right? Uh, Unfortunately, the capital market environment here is a lot smaller due to natural size advantage. That's why we go to uh, the US. You know, we, 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 are, we like to be in the company of like-minded people, right? And, and the best is uh, in the US, you know, there's, uh, the biotech is so founded there. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I guess before we wrap up, does anyone have any concluding thoughts they would like to share? Well, I like to say that uh, uh, cell therapies is really something that uh, should be looked at because the human body is nothing but 50 trillions of cells, all talking to each other through electricity and cytokines, you know, chemical reactions. So it makes sense to look at solutions right, from within your body. And that's what immunotherapy is all about using your own body cells to fight all sorts of diseases. Yeah. And Dr. Tan, I think you also had something to add. Oh, uh, <clears throat> I think that like what Peter said, you know, immunotherapy is now increasingly being seen as the fourth pillar of uh, cancer treatment. And uh, with, you know, the new push especially in cell therapy, I think it's going to be a very exciting space and it will provide more treatment modalities really to patient that has uh, potentially ran out of option based on conventional treatment, which is the surgery, radio and chemotherapy. So with this uh, and, and what we are trying to do, we really hope to help more patients, you know, and uh, really hope that, you know, we can contribute to the war for fighting cancer and uh, to follow us also you can follow us on social media and also check out our website for the latest update in news right as we push on this frontier yes and we'll definitely be following Cytomed Therapeutics um, for some great news coming soon well thank you very much for your time today Peter Chu and Dr. Tan I really appreciate it yeah thank you for having us and that's the end of our X Talks Life Science podcast. If you liked today's episode, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you everyone for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the X Talks Life Science podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues, and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find X Talks on social media, email podcast at xtalks.com, or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more. 
The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers sharing them. They should not be taken as professional advice and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position Honeycomb Worldwide. For further information, email us at podcast at xtalks.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week. Thank you.